This episode is brought to you by Major Spoilers VIP members. VIP stands for very important people, and their small monthly contributions ensure that this podcast remains free for all of you. If you would like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com for more information. I sure do thank you for your support. Now, here's your show. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course spoilers, and goes into detail about the topics discussed. So, if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items they talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. And I'm Stephen, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, the Spoilers team assembles to discuss the year that was. What were our favorite comics? What stories impressed us the most? What did the Spoilerites find most compelling? Old acquaintance may be forgotten, never brought to mind. But here at the MSP, we like to remember what history went gone before, so as not to be forced to repeat it. Let's say goodbye to 2015 the right way, because the Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Welcome to issue 657 of the Major Spoilers podcast, the last Major Spoilers podcast of 2015. And good riddance. What a year. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good year, actually. I mean, there have been uh, lots of positive things. I mean, there's been some awful things that have happened. But uh, overall, I think it was not too bad. This year, uh, this episode, we're going to take a look at, of course, some uh, regular comics. We're also going to talk about our top five comics of 2015. These can either be individual issues or a series that we loved the most. But I thought this week we would kick our news off by taking a look at the top five stories from 2015 from our site, the ones that readers read the most or checked out the most on our site. That's cool. Uh, so the first story uh, coming in at number five, Hasbro's 2015 Marvel Toys. And it's a reason <laughs> why this one came in at uh, number 15. Of course, Toy Fair is coming on, uh, coming up in January, just in the start of the new year. And that's where all the toy companies get to show off all their toys, including all of the toy tie-ins for movies and television shows. Uh, now, mm-hmm. uh, Mattel, I think it's Mattel, that does the uh, Star Wars stuff, uh, they mm-hmm. were tight, tight-lipped. They couldn't show off anything from the upcoming Star Wars movie because they didn't want to give too much away, which meant that Hasbro could show off everything having to do with Marvel's Avengers Age of Ultron. <laughs> and there were a crap ton of Tons. Marvel Avenger toys that came out. And Ant-Man toys. and uh, Ant-Man uh, toys, that was also another one. And also the uh, animated uh, Spider-Man series, the Web Slingers or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there were and a of lot course, of toys that came out the, for that. The cool superhero mashers where you get that huge Nova with a swollen chest that looks like he's played by what, what's the, the point of, what, what are those toys about i've seen them in the store but i don't understand what they do i think they're for kids i think they have well, yes like the of course larger, the larger play style for younger kids so you can go pew 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 and but i didn't know around. were they were you supposed to be able to swap them out like put um hulk's head on nova's body or something like that yes like you can put rocket red's head on an iron man suit not I rocket see. red rocket raccoon so they're like legos yeah. only okay all right cool one of the Rocket big controversies, of course, that came out of action figures for 2015 were the lack of female characters in their right. toys. Although if you look at the rundown of the toys that uh, Marvel had solicited for this year, I'm counting just in the Marvel six inch line, the six inch Infinity Legends line. I see one, mm-hmm. two, three, four, the Valkyrie. five, the Thundra. six, seven, eight, nine. And then there's a reprint of the Lady Thor um, 
So yeah, nine or ten female out figures many? out of well, we're probably talking about what's that? Four times one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So out of about fifty, so about one fifth. Better representation than we got for Age of Ultron. Well, that is, I mean, these were, yeah, this is, again, this is the Marvel um, Infinite Legends uh, series. Mm -hmm. And those include the Build-A-Figure, which I believe the Build-A-Figure was the um, Hulkbuster armor. Mm -hmm. And I thought that there was an Odin figure, but that may have been another wave. But yeah, definitely. (laughs) Oh, there's Wasp, too. So I'm sorry. Yeah, there is exactly 10 female figures to the 50 or, uh, yeah, the 50 figures total. That's cool. Yeah. So they made a figure of the Grim Reaper. I'm guessing so. And who is wow. the uh, who's the guy that's like wearing that bell bell helmet uniform? Bell Biv Devo. What really? row are we looking? We're looking at. Let's see. One. If we start with uh, ant, the ant and Ant Man, mm-hmm. that'd be one, two, three, four, fifth row, second one in. That's Bulldozer. Ah, okay. So there you go. From the Wrecking Crew. There you go. Orange and silver, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, you've got, uh, what's the guy two rows down in the first? Two rows down in the first. He looks like the thing on steroids. Ah, uh, that's Korg from uh, World War Hulk. He's a stone man from ah. Saturn. You know, if you click on the images, it actually says right down there at the bottom. Korg. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's why I'm here. Yep. <laughs> to tell you the things you can find by clicking. Yeah, clicking. Yep, you can check out these figures. I never saw the Misty Knight in stores, which that one would I have did, been really actually. cool. I swear I saw a Misty Knight in a Toys Ain't Cheap. No, these figures definitely are not cheap. But the one thing about all these toys is super multiple points of articulation. These are the mm-hmm. ones that a lot of people like. They're six inches tall. Oh, there's a Spider-Gwen. So there's maybe 11 figures. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, there's some good uh, There's some good stuff all around as far Spider. as toy goes. And starting yeah, in uh, probably right, about yeah. three weeks, we'll be doing Toy Fair 2016. So that will be exciting. Uh, our number four story, the one that get visited the most, and I had to and I had to clarify the top five stories that people checked out in 2015. I actually had to put in parentheses here that were actually posted in 2015 <laughs> because yeah. our number four kind of gets to the heart of what most people are looking for, I guess, on the Internet. And that is superhero porn, because we have stories <laughs> of like the Xena porno movie from uh, the adult 2000. film. Nine. Yeah, 2009. That is still like the number one most uh, hit story on, on the site. Um, but that was actually published in 2015. Vivid gets a woman, Wonder Woman flick first. And this is one that we actually saw pictures of, I want to say two years ago. This is the Wonder Woman uh, XXX Axel Braun porn parody from uh, Vivid Entertainment. This is the one featuring, what's her name? Um, Kathy Kane or Kimberly Kane. Sorry. I don't Kathy know. Kathy Kane is, is the actual yes, bat. The actual, <laughs> the Batwoman. Um, but there was a picture that they posted online a couple of years ago. That's just this phenomenal Wonder Woman costume. It looks like it's all yeah. leather. It's dark blue. We commented it on, on the show at the time, and we were like, wow, this is really cool. How come these porn parodies can get a costume that's more accurate to what we see in the comic books than what the actual comic costumes look like in the movies? And I think the answer is because they want to. Yes. And the movie producers don't. Yes. And that was the uh, comment then. But, you know, that movie kind of disappeared because we thought it was supposed to come out in, I think, 2013 or 2014. Turns out that Axel Braun had had a split with Vivid Entertainment and they hadn't released all of his films yet. And so apparently um, now the movie is out or is about to be released or was released in 2015. And you can go see some naked uh, Wonder Womans if you want, I suppose. 
I really don't. I mm. I don't there know. I, I've not seen this these uh, actors and actresses before, so that were in that's this the movie. thing about it is that when it comes down to it, half the fun of a superhero movie is the superhero stuff. Yeah. So here's here's one thing I will say about these, because once we started running a lot of these stories and people find it interesting, it certainly falls into pop culture and superheroes, whether you like it or not. Uh, Vivid actually sent a bunch of these out to us um, at one point. And the cool thing is on the discs, you can watch them in one of two ways. You can watch just the story or you can watch the story with all the sex scenes in it. And if you watch it with just the story. It actually looks like a really well done fan film. Wow. It, it comes out the, the, I forget which one I was watching, but it was something with Jimmy Olsen and secretary or something. So it was a Superman something or other. Probably but Supergirl. If you watch it without, if you watch it without the sex scenes, it's like Clark goes to go change into his costume in the, in the closet. Um, he opens the door and there's Jimmy doing whatever he's doing. And um, in the movie, it would just transition right into the sex scene in the one that's edited out. Uh, Clark's just like, oops, sorry, and closes the door and then goes goes off. So it's really weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Okay. There you go. Uh, All number right. three. Our number three story uh, that captured people's attention this year is critically hit who will join and also the who oh. will return and who will whatever. As we built into the right. fifth season of Critical Hit, which is still ongoing, contrary to what somebody on Twitter thought. Um <laughs> Oh, you guys are still doing fourth edition. Yeah, we, we were, we will never leave fourth edition in this story. We've said that time and time again. Uh, we started putting up a bunch of teasers about which characters would return, which characters would join. And the join one was the one that most people were looking at in regards to that. And it's interesting because if you pay attention closely, and this is a spoiler, uh, spoiler limit lifted, I suppose, because every single person who appeared in who will join actually well, appeared in season five. Correct. Yep. So. But who will join? They did not all join. They didn't join the team, but they all joined the show in uh, 2015. Only a couple of them joined the show team. Not mentioning any names. Yeah. Yeah. Sakar was there and. Yeah. But Lily and Lily and Sapote were there the first couple of episodes and then uh, showed up and, you know, then went on their way. Right. And then, of course, there's Little Sparkle. And mm-hmm. I can't remember her exact name, but it's something like the French Lieutenant's Woman. Oh, the, uh, yes, one of the, uh, the Order or whoever yeah. they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Oversight. The Oversight. Our number two story. This is surprising because most people would think that this is number one. Our number two story that people continue to hit even today, and it may even be increasing it, may push it up to number one. I don't know, before the end of the week. Star Wars 8 and the standalone movie info lands on our plate. And of course, with Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens now in theaters, a lot of people are wondering, hey, what's coming up for Episode 8? And we had this story on uh, back in March of 2015, mm-hmm. and we had some of the stories uh, going on, and a lot of people are still knowing, uh, still interested in this. Here's what we know as far as what's coming up. We've got uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, which comes out December 16th, 2016. Star Wars mm-hmm. Episode Eight will come out May 26, 2017. The mm-hmm. young Han Solo movie comes out May 25, 2018. Star right. Wars Episode Nine, the third in the trilogy, will come out in 2019. We're also expecting that to be in May. And then there is another standalone story. Everyone's assuming that it's the Boba Fett movie is rumored to be coming out in 2020. Where we discover that his name is, in fact, Robert Aloysius Fett, Bob A. Fett. 
for short. Yes. So uh, that one was interesting. And I, and I expect, you know, there's another one that actually came out in 2000. What year did Guardians of the Galaxy come out? 2014? Or Either 14 or late 13. I can't even remember now. So there's a story that we posted about who is Peter Quill's father, because it was rumored that Peter Quill's father was going to be a big, um, a big part of the upcoming movie. That one is mm-hmm. one. And I, I'm going to have to look, but that's one that still gets a lot of hits, a lot of search engines of people finding, trying to figure out who is, who's Jason, who's Peter Quill's father. It's Jason. not Jason of Spartax. It, it won't be. They've actually said, or at least they said uh, a while ago in that article that it wasn't going to be Jason. And I was like, it's yeah, probably right. going to be Benedict Cumberbatch as uh, no, it, no um, rumor has it. And Kurt Russell has confirmed that he is in talks with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but nothing is is uh, definitive yet. Our number one story that people clicked on more and more and more than any other was mm-hmm. the post that says, do you know how long Bill Murray's character was trapped in Groundhog Day? <laughs> I think we talked about this on the Major Spoilers podcast at one point. We did. But Stephen uh, Tobolowski was on uh, the Nerdist uh, show, and he had said Harold Ramos, who was a practicing Buddhist, said that it took 10,000 years for the soul to be to perfect itself. So when they say, how long is Bill Murray trapped in Puxatani, they have all sorts of theories. Nine days, 44 days, same, some say 166 years. They worked all this oh. stuff out, and Harold Ramos told me, no, Stephen, it's 10,000 years. That's cool. So that's, You know why this has got so many hits? Why is that? Because Phil Connors clicks on it every single day, <laughs> trying to figure out how long he's going to be stuck. Oh, that That's would be cool. Like, yeah. And they're all dated February they're 2nd. They're all dated February 2nd, so there you go. I was really impressed by uh, how many hits that that uh, story got. And uh, a lot of fun with that. And there's a little bit of research going into that as well. So there you go. Those are the top five stories that people clicked on on the site or viewed on the site in 2015. But Matthew, I wonder what were some, what do you think were the top five stories of 2015 in pop culture? My number one is star Wars. I would agree. Yeah. Star Wars is definitely either number one or number two. I can't think of anything that would immediately wake it out. So the only thing that I thought might be close was um, the first Batman V Superman trailer landing. And so many people talking about that, both at, the uh, San Diego Comic-Con, plus the trailer landing online, plus all the controversy around the Ben Affleck and trying to hear that. Yeah, Fleck on the frame. And so, yeah. The other one was uh, Marvel's Age of Ultron, I thought was probably one of the number fives. It would fit into the top five. I don't know. That yeah, one got a I lot of... That one got a lot of uh, trailers and spots that ran all over the place for it. Yeah, I would say that uh, one story where... Frank Miller was writing Batman again for a minute was probably pretty big <laughs> comics wise. Yeah. You know, we'll talk about more of that uh, later, but I don't know if that, yeah, I think probably for pop culture, that would probably be a big story. Uh, the other one is the walking dead TV show mm-hmm. because people still won't talk about what happened, <laughs> even though it appears well, to have been they, undone. Well, it was never, it was never done. They were totally trolling people. Oh yes, I know. Something, the thing that happened, they well, we can talk about it because, yeah, of turning it thing. because what was it? Two, two episodes later, he was five back? episodes. Oh, five later. episodes back. Okay. So if you yes, don't know, five, there were four episodes in a row where a character was presumed dead and they removed his name from the opening credits, which is just trolling. People. Yeah, yeah. I think it was at that point. So I thought about that. So I thought in all of pop culture, I thought those might be five big stories. Did you have something else? That you might uh, add onto that list as something big that happened in pop culture this year. 
I think maybe the 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 Jessica Jones hitting big. Oh yeah, yeah, Jessica Jones definitely. And people, yeah, people going, hey, look, we finally got our female led story, and it's awesome. Yeah, it really I need to awesome. I need to sit down and watch. That. Need to, yeah, you got time right now. You can go do. I mean, not like right now, but now that your no, family now, has now. has done their the plan uh, is, yearly flight the plan from is you. To, Binge some this weekend. Yeah. You know, there were a lot of other stories that came out up this year that popped up this year. A lot of um, things inside the business side of the industry that mm-hmm. I, I don't want to dismiss them uh, because I think they were all important about the things that were discussed, but they seem to be little blips. It was it's almost like they popped up and then they quickly disappeared. Yeah, there was a lot of that going around, though, and I think that we we've come to a point where so many things that used to be kind of non-issues or things that people wouldn't hear about because there was no channel for it have mm-hmm. now become issues that can be aired on social media and people have their own forum. You, you mean, you can write a blog about anything you want. And a lot of the things that traditionally in publishing and in entertainment and in media, as we saw with uh, the big Sony leak, sometimes these stories would pop up that weren't actually supposed to have been stories because people didn't want us to know about them. That's the stuff that, as evil as it is, I'm kind of interested sure. in. And I, I'm talking, I'm kind of specifically talking about um, uh, the story that Janelle wrote uh, about uh, mm-hmm. the person over at Dark Horse. I mean, it, it popped yes. up. A lot of people were concerned about it, but then it kind of just went away. And after that week or two of of things being mm-hmm. revealed, it mm-hmm. seems like we're not talking about those issues anymore as much as we're talking about, hey, Star Wars for you know 12 months mm-hmm. out of the year. Right. And that I think that's an ongoing issue, and I think what's going to happen is we're not going to talk about it until the next incident. Yeah, yeah. And then everyone is everyone's going to come back and say, "Why didn't we talk about this in 2015 when X happened?" And now we've got Y and Z piling up. It's I mean, it's exactly the sort of thing that happens in entrenched forms of media. It happens mm-hmm. when you know people are people are at a point where they're used to not being accountable for actions right and now that now there's their actions are becoming public and it's you know it's going to be a thing mm-hmm. i think all right those were the top five stories from 2015 listeners mm-hmm. you can head over to major spoilers and why don't you tell us what you thought the top five stories from 2015 yeah. were use the comment section you can find a link in the show notes to this episode or just head over to majorspoilers.com and look under the major spoilers podcast while you're Tell over us there, what we miss. Yep. While you're oh. over there, if you're looking to buy something from Amazon, you can still do it before the year's out. Heck, you can do it year round. In fact, you can make a purchase sure. every day at Amazon.com using that link at Major Spoilers, and no one's going to uh, hold you uh, hold it against you for doing that. Here's what happens: when you go and you click on that link at Am- uh, MajorSpoilers.com and go over to Amazon and make your purchase, whether it be a new Apple product or a um, uh, Kindle product or whatever it may be—games, video games, TVs, electronics personal things. Um, You can get them all over at Amazon. Every time you buy something through that link, you can look at it one of two ways. Number one, you're helping the economy. Actually, you can look at it three ways. Number two, four ways. Number two, you are forcing Jeff Bezos to give us money. And it's a small, it's a really small percentage. You're forcing Jeff Bezos to pay us. Or three, (laughs) you're actually helping further the space program. There you go. Hey, you know what we should do? What's that? We should make an offer right now that if anyone in the year 2016 can make an Amazon purchase every day, oh. 365 days in a row, then we will buy them sushi. I actually, well, we might buy them sushi, maybe, if someone, and they'd have to show receipts for every single day. 
Um, maybe Every we'll single let, day. Maybe we'll bring them on. Maybe we'll bring them on the show. Ooh, there you go. But it's only if someone can do it for 366 days. 365 days. You know what we should do? We'll we'll let you have the skip day. We'll let you have the leap year. We'll have yet one year skip day. But this is the thing. You can be, I think, not just have them on the show. I think they should be able to co-host one episode of the Major Spoilers podcast. Yes, and we'd have them on the show. Yeah. You yeah, come, you sit. I'll I'll let you do the open, but only once, and you have to. No, they can't me. be here for a year. They they have to be here for just no, one, not one for time. a year. I'm saying yeah. for one day. Yeah. Yep. 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 All but right. You got to sound like me. Lots of cool stuff over at Majorspoilers.com. Thank you for checking it out. Now let us get to some reviews. Review. So hard to do that when this week is a fifth week in comics. Correct. It happens four times a year. Uh, for those mm-hmm. of you that don't know, fifth week is in the fifth week events. So as it comes out, uh, most months have four, you know, four Wednesdays in a month. But there are four months that have five Wednesdays in the month. And in the old and golden days, you used to know that, hey, it's the <laughs> second week. It's the second week of the month. It's this, this Batman comic is coming out. And mm-hmm. so you knew all the time when your Batman comic was going to hit the stands or your Flash, or your Wolverines or whatever that they may be. However, in right. 1994, DC Comics had a uh, uh, Superman series going on where every week one of the Superman titles would continue the story. So that would mm-hmm. be like Action Comics, uh, Superman, uh, Man of Steel, mm-hmm. Supergirl, mm-hmm. and what was the other one? Um, there was a, the fourth Superman book. There was Action, Superman, Adventures of Superman. Oh, that must have been. And Superman. Man of Steel, I think. Man of Steel. Okay. So you had yeah, all those going. So. But then you knew every week you were getting the next chapter in the story. However... When you hit the fifth week, DC was at a loss of what to do because they're like, well, we can't do this because it's going to throw off the storytelling. Right. And so what they ended up doing is they created this fifth week event and it was an event. And so quarterly we got Superman, uh, the world of tomorrow, Superman in the world the of, man tomorrow. of tomorrow. Yes. That was the quarterly stuff that they had. And that kind of kicked off this idea of what fifth weeks were all about, meaning that. Sometimes they would run uh, these things where they could bring back characters for a week to spotlight. Uh, in the case they mm-hmm. ran one, one year was like Silver Age so that they were spotlighting all these Silver Age characters. Uh, another mm-hmm. time they did the, uh, um, forget what the other one was. They, they did the all Girl, Girl Frenzy. Frenzy Girl they, Frenzy was yeah. one. Mm-hmm. But New sometimes, Year's Evil. Oh, New Year's Evil, Evil was a good one. Sometimes they did these things so that they could maintain uh, copyright on characters. That had started mm-hmm. to fall out of the, out of the uh, copyright, so that's why the gold or the silver age one came up. Um, but so fifth week has been around for a lot, but fifth week typically is a fairly light week, and this week is a fairly light week for comics, both because of the end of the year and because it is a fifth week. Mm-hmm. So for me, Matthew, oh, like, mm-hmm. that's, do you remember? Do you have any big fifth week uh, uh, series that you remember or events that you remember? I'm- I believe Underworld Unleashed was a fifth week. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was a good one. That was basically all of the villains in the DC universe were given the option to sell their soul to Satan. And some of them did. And then it got weird. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> tangent Tangent Universe was one that I remember quite fondly. Be- only yeah, because I like the, the Green Lantern of the Tangent Universe. The Tangents were interesting. Tangent had a little too much jurgens for my liking, but yeah, Tangent was interesting. And I want to say the, um, oh, my brain has stopped was, working with the thing. Was Stanley Creates the Marvel, was that the, was that a fifth week event? I don't believe so. No. 
Stanley creates or Stanley uh, presents was just a periodic thing. Ah, okay. Where things just sort of popped up every once in a while. Because I want to say they did that from like 1998 to 2005. What, maybe. what what were some fifth week events that Marvel got into? I know that they started letting some of their um, lesser editors write some stories. <laughs> and I don't want to say, say they're minor assistant editors. Yeah. Uh, Atlantis Attacks was one. Okay. Uh, assistant editors month actually was something that they did, uh, the month of San Diego comic-con Ah, okay. when all of the books had to be out, but the editors were at the comic convention. Um, gosh, Marvel has done some different stuff though. I want to say bloodlines came out over a summer and bloodlines fell into part. Well, that was the whole, that was a whole, um, that was a whole summer event. They were biting. Oh, he's, Marvel Knights, Marvel Knights 2099, that came out in 2004. Marvel Mangaverse came out in t- 2001. That was very weird. Don't read that. Uh, what if, and they <laughs> don't say the late year on this, but it was seven one-shots that came out, and I'm guessing that's over the course of a couple of years. 2006 or 2007. And then X-Men Black Sun, which uh, happened in 2000. Oh, yeah, that was the X-Men Soundgarden crossover. It's actually Black Hole <laughs> Black Sun. Black Hole Sun, yes, all right. Yeah. It looks like that uh, we haven't had fifth week events or, you know, big, big to do's on the fifth week in a long time. It looks like no, most of that ended I, in about 2007, 2008. Well, and the crossovers have kind of grown to take over the universe. I mm-hmm. mean, Secret Wars is now right when you have ninth month. Yeah. When you have big events now, those kind of take over and, and eclipse mm-hmm. anything that would have come out of. I think the eclipse stuff was a no, that was a summer event. <laughs> That was something different. Uh, Age of Ultron, the last uh, big event, lasted like nine and a half months. So mm. there really isn't a, a, a fifth week thing going at the big two publishers anymore. Okay. I don't know. Well, there you it's go. It's kind of sad. Well, anyway, I'm glad it was a fifth week because it allowed me to go back and read a book from last week. Daredevil number two by Charles Soleil and Ron Garney is on the artist. All I can say is, holy freaking crap. <laughs> literally really, that's all he can i say. really liked i really liked the first uh issue of daredevil you can go back and listen to matthew and i talk about it in our dueling review episode i don't think you yeah. liked it as much because there were a lot of unanswered questions some of those questions yeah. get answered here like why how did matt murdoch get his law license back um how did he get unbarred undisbarred and how Rebarred. come he's working as a as, as a public um um, he's a prosecutor. He's a prosecutor with the district attorney's office. So a little bit of that is touched on in this issue. Um, you know, we wanted to find out more about uh, Mr. Ten Fingers, and this is this is really well wit- written. Uh, the opening just is back and forth as two people, Matt Murdock and Ten Fingers, uh, are telling their side of the story, and that Ten Fingers wants to create a church and he wants his church to be recognized illegally and he wants everybody to come in there. And meanwhile, Matt Murdock is telling the story of 10 fingers is a criminal. He's taking all of these illegal immigrants and bringing them in and protecting them. And yet he's taking everything from them as they're working. He is a bad man, even though he's trying to do this from the, uh, you know, from the legal church side and trying to get this protection, we need to shut him down. And last issue, we were introduced to Billy Lee, who was going to come in to, uh, testify against, uh, 10 fingers and uh, the mm-hmm. grand jury then was going to open a, an investigation or prosecution against uh, Ten Fingers. Well, Ten Fingers sent his guys after him and oh. cut off a couple of his fingers, and he decides, you know what, I'm not going to play. Uh, 
Turns out that uh, there's there's more people that have multiple fingers. There's some guy in, in the in the comic called No Finger. He has a robot hand. <laughs> he's he's a lackey that apparently doesn't do very well. Wait, is there nine fingers and eight fingers and yes, seven fingers? There is there is one scene where ten fingers is talking uh, to um, the uh, guy who plays um, uh, what's his name, uh, Blindside, talking oh. to to his character, and he's like eight fingers over there, and it's it's these two women, I mean, two or three women, they all have eight fingers on their hands. So yeah, mm-hmm. it seems to be like a little caste system with the more fingers that you get. The higher in your ranking that you go, it's really weird, right? It's really weird. It's like weird. the Mandarin only without rings. Yes, to an extent, yes. There is one point, and you know, you and I were talking about Blindside. Isn't that his name? Blindspot? Blindside? Blindside, I think. Yeah. So Maybe it's there's Blindspot. Blindspot, that's his name. There is an interesting comment that's made in this book that makes Blindspot become a very meta character. And I'm reading this from you uh, in this page. Uh, because blind spot is Asian, and, and really this is all takes place in Chinatown. And he says, right. no one helps us. That's the whole problem. That's why I'm doing all of this. We wash your dishes. We deliver your your dinner. We're a much bigger part of your lives than you're willing, but we're illegal. So who gives a damn? And which when I read that, I was like, you know what? That's why he is an invisible character. That's why he's an invisible superhero. That's why he's going by this name blind spot, because we ignore him. And his people that are illegals or uh, people that serve in his, his area. And I thought that was a really powerful dialogue exchange between Blindspot and Daredevil. And I was just, I was really impressed with that. But so Daredevil agrees, okay, let's go check out and see what 10 fingers is doing. And 10 fingers, they're spying on him. This is the part that really got me. 10 fingers start shooting out these powers out of his hands to, I guess, reward some of the lackeys for their work or, uh-huh. or punish them or whatever. Grow, growing back fingers for them. And Daredevil is is looking down. He's like, uh-oh, this is not good. And he jumps down in between. He's like, 10 fingers, stop. You don't know what you're doing. I know this magic. I've sensed it before. And the people you took it from are going to be mad or something to that effect. But he's like saying, you do not need to be doing these magics that you're doing. And suddenly the two guys that uh, 10 fingers was working the magic on, thunk, thunk. Two arrows to the chest and we turn around oh. and it's, we are the hand. We want our stuff back. And I got to tell you, anytime I'm, I'm reading a comic and I get to that last page and I'm like, Oh crap, son. Then I know that this is a, <laughs> and that's what anything think. that makes him quote scary movie. <laughs> <laughs> I got to the end of that and I was like, I didn't say crap. Uh, I was like, Oh fudge, son. And but I was, he didn't say fudge. <laughs> he didn't say fudge. I got to that last page and I was like, holy cow, what a, what a great ending. Now, I know a lot of people are complaining that this is kind of some trite storytelling or some stuff that we've seen before and that not much is going on. But for me, I like this kind of stuff where you end on a cliffhanger and you get some weird, crazy stuff. And the story is really kind of telling a story that's being put together in a very specific way. And the art in this is freaking amazing. I love this art more than anything in this series so far. And at the end of this, I was so giddy and tickled with everything that was going on. I can only give this book five slices of meatloaf. It is that good. I love both issues of Daredevil. And number two, I thought was better than the first one. So, you know, got to give it five slices of meatloaf, Matthew. Wow, that's a lot of meatloaf. That is a lot of meatloaf. Did you read this last week or not? Not yet. No, I'm way behind in all my reading. Oh, crap, son. That's what you're going to say when you get to that last page. Although I've kind of spoiled I'll it. I'll try and say it. It's a week old, so there you go. Oh, man. 
Thunk, thunk. Man. We are the you hand. Know. Yeah. Rosebud was the sled. Oh, anyway. Oh, man. Spoiler warning, man. Darth Vader is Luke's the, father. I had the, hey. <laughs> I had the opposite effect this week. Oh, really? You went back. Yeah, you went back to read something that you really kind of liked and wanted more of. I went to read something that I have never read in my life and have no basis for. This is oh, this is from Dynamite Entertainment. Okay, I know which book this is now. Yep, Dynamite Entertainment uh, out last Wednesday. Voltron colon from the ashes number four colon from the ashes. Yeah, I love me some giant robots. I love me some uh, Japanese anime type manga stuff. Never read any Voltron. Never seen any Voltron cartoons. Oh, you've never, never seen any Voltron cartoons? Really? Oop, never seen any Voltron. Oh, okay. It's weird. I, I don't know how I managed to pull it off. You know what I have seen? I've seen Hell Vegas. Uh, I've seen uh, Rainbow Man. I've seen a lot of Super Sentai. Never seen any Voltron. Uh, that's not true. I've never seen Lion Voltron. I've seen Race Car Voltron, which is actually a completely different series in Japan. Neither here nor there. Certainly not in any way relevant to Voltron from the Ashes, number four, written by Cullen Bunn. Yep, from the and illustrated by Blackie Shepard. Yeah, Cullen Bunn's all over the place. He is lately. He's a writing fool. Yep, Cullen Bunn, I believe, was writing uh, something for Marvel that was like high profile. Anyway, Voltron from the Ashes. From the Ashes. Starts. Uh, starts at an interesting point because the first three issues of the series were apparently assembling a new Voltron force. Five pilots, ace pilots who are brilliant and awesome and cool mm-hmm. and have have the top of the line and they're handpicked. And oh, by the way, at the end of issue three, they all died. Yeah. They were not able to form Voltron, uh, which apparently is very difficult. So this issue starts with the villains basically running rampant all over the earth. And a mysterious old man assembling the second best guys. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a cartoon called Titan Maximum. Yes. Yes. Titan Maximum is a Voltron pastiche slash parody. There's a little bit of it in here. And it's it's done in a way that's... I'm not sure if it's intentional, whether they're both playing on the same part of Voltron lore. Because, again, not much for the Voltron. But this second tier team... You got uh, your Red Ranger, your Blue Ranger, your Yellow mm-hmm. Ranger, your Ranger, your Black Ranger. Right. Or, excuse me, Voltron Force. Um, and they managed to launch their little uh, Voltron Lions. And throughout the issue, there's questions of, are they going to be able to do this? Can mm-hmm. they do this? Mm-hmm. You see little flashbacks to what happened to the old school team. There's apparently a guy named Pidge. Yep. A guy named Hunk. Mm-hmm. The old school Voltron team, of course, is dead. Yep. Something bad has happened to them in the past. So we get some flashback story there. And as the issue finally comes to a close, the B squad manages to assemble their five lions into Voltron. And we get a nice cliffhanger of the villains being like all villainy and Voltron forms and they're like about to fight a giant monster. And the guy in the green helmet is like, now this is legit. (laughs) Um, I kind of enjoy the the uh, dialogue. The dialogue feels very modern, mm-hmm. which may or may not be a bad thing in that Voltron takes place in a weird alternate universe with magic and giant robots and yep. maybe kind of 20 minutes into the future. Yeah. 
I think my biggest issue with it is there are some slight inconsistencies in the art. Um, I, I'm not sure how to describe it. Uh, Blackie does really great layouts and really great giant robots, but there is something about faces, human faces, in this issue specifically, and I don't know if it's the inking or if I don't, I don't know if it's something that comes together. There's just a strange set of expressions that you see. The, the character who gets the most uh, FaceTime, the man in black, whose name is Jace, has two facial expressions. He has a sneer, and then he has a sneer with his eyes rolled up that's really kind of frightening. Um, I'm not 100% thrilled with the coloring because they tried to get a very animation solid block color feel but they're also doing some really heavy shadowing mm, this so is, that may be this is that dynamite this is that dynamite uh high contrast inks that i always talk about yeah that you and here it is very noticeable and is a little bit off-putting it's not bad certainly it's not something where i look at it and go this is unprofessional but i don't know I really like the final page shot of Voltron, even though his head always kind of looks like Goofy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the the actual dog from Disney. But the overall effect of the issue is one that I can't really necessarily say I'm going to go and immediately pick up more Voltron. I'm in, definitely interested in this team. And it might be interesting to find out what happens to the old group of the Voltrons. The Voltrons. That's my uh, cover band right there, the Voltrons. I'm going to go with two and a half slices of meat and loaf right down the middle for Voltron from the Ashes number four. Certainly not a bad book. And I think that if you love yourself some Voltron, this is probably a book that you're going to want to jump on because it's yeah. very well written. I'm, I'm really it's surprised. Going on. I'm really surprised that you'd not heard or watched Voltron. Uh, it was in syndication. It was a joint uh, venture. Was it Toy, Toei Animation and World Events Productions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember this running in the United States. This ran uh, 1984 to 1985, three series combined into yep. essentially two two years worth of cartoons. Um, well, and when when the when the really big anime boom hit in the 80s, I mm-hmm. wasn't interested. Mm. So what's all the of the other, anime that who who are the um, what's the Gal- not the Galaga guys? What's the one with Princess and Kiop and um, Battle of the Planets? Battle That's of the from Planets. The yeah, I watched that when I was little. That may be part of the reason I never watched Voltron. I really loved that. And Battle of the Planets always, I was like, well, maybe Voltron is just a knockoff. Well, and yeah, I'm from, but see, they had lions is what Voltron had. Um, but, yeah, um, Battle of the Planet had birds of had prey. Birds. Yeah, so Come what on. was cool was whenever I watched um, Battle of the Planets, it seemed to be right around in that same era when it was being rebroadcast on 41 as it transitioned into Voltron shortly after. So it was like maybe a year or two later, Voltron popped up on the scene. So... Yeah, I remember watching that. I'm really surprised you haven't. You might want to go check out some of those. Uh, Never seen me any Voltron. 124 episodes, plus a one-hour special called Fleet of Doom. Fleet of Doom. Yeah. Most of my anime has actually been catch-up when I was ketchup? older. I Ugh. didn't see ketchup anime. I didn't see Akira until we were in college. Yeah, I didn't see that until I was in college either. wasn't available yeah. until we were in college, so. You don't know. Yeah, I do, because... Uh, I saw it in its original Japanese from one of my friends who brought it back from Japan when he came back from his uh, holiday break. So they're like, you don't speak Japanese. No. And that was the worst part about it because it was so engrossing. Every couple of minutes I was like, what are they saying? What's going on? And they're like, shut up and just watch. I was like, it's amazing. And I was like, can I borrow this when you're done? And then I went and made copies of it. So 
No, you didn't, because that would be wrong. Uh, statute of limitations, right? And I've already bought the movie like four other times since then, so there you go. I'm not sure there's a statute of limitations on copyright, is there? I don't know, but uh, we will never find mm. out. Speaking of the poll of the week. <laughs> wrong number, wrong number. <laughs> Pr- prank caller, I don't know you. I don't know you. <laughs> Oh, uh, yes. Let's speaking of the uh, poll of the week. Yeah. Uh, it's almost up for the two two week uh, spoiler. I don't know this mythical. Who is this? The guy that uh, created. Um, uh, Ice blue crystal drug man, whatever that show was. <laughs> Ice, Ice blue crystal, crystal drug man. Vince Gilligan who created. Yes, Breaking Vince Gilligan. Bad. Yes. He, he has this thing about you have to wait two weeks before you give spoilers on anything. Uh-huh. And we are we are coming up rapidly on the two weeks for the uh, Star Wars stuff. So oh, no. I'm very curious if if you know if people don't see Star Wars and the internet is like, okay, Vince Gilligan's a whole uh, two weeks thing is over. It's it's time to start spilling. So the poll this week is: Have you seen it? Have you seen Star Ooh. Wars: The Force Awakens, Matthew? Ooh. We already know I've yeah. seen it. You didn't take no, time to see I it yet over this been. holiday weekend. No, I've been busy. Busy mm-hmm. doing what? Your I family's watched, out of town. I watched uh, 14 hours of Doctor Who this weekend. Oh, you got caught up and, on, on uh, everything? Yeah, well, it was uh, 11th Doctor, and of course, then there was the Christmas uh, episode on Christmas, and we had a whole bunch of junk. I had to throw my child at an airplane, which burned up my whole Saturday pretty much because you, you can't have an airport in Topeka. You got to drive all the way into Missouri to get an airport. So that's not, you know, bitter I, I think there actually all. is a regional airport in Topeka. Yeah, but nobody flies there. No, that's the problem. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, you got that going for you. Which you, is haven't nice. seen, you haven't Plus, seen Star Wars. There were a million cookies to be eaten. I oh, mean, I, I, I had a lot of cookies to eat. You can I sit and eat and watch the Star Wars. You can sn- put them in your little uh, bag and slip sneak into the theater and eat your cookies. No, I got to tell you, I went to a theater this uh, over the holiday weekend. I went to go see Hateful Ooh. Eight. Ooh, what a pretty yeah. theater! Ooh, what a pretty theater! I mean, it's got these big reclining seats, really wide seats. Is this the one in Olathe, the big IMAX? Yeah, the well, it's yeah, they have the IMAX theater there. It's the AMC twenty. But um, yeah, I went nice. there to see um, V for Vendetta. Yeah, we had gone there years ago to see um, a Sin City when it first came out, and Ooh. they have remodeled that theater since then. To include nice. all this stuff. So that was kind of a nice thing, but it was also a very horrible movie going experience. And I'm going to talk about that next week on Zach on film this week. Mm, on Zach right. on, this week on Zach on film, we are talking about our top five movies of 2015. And then next week I will talk about how AMC 20 in uh, Overland Park or Kansas city or wherever it's at. Lenexa ruined Christmas for me. I'm very oh. irate about that. How the theater stole Christmas. How the theater ruined my Christmas. That's in two weeks by, on Zach on Fire. By Chuck Jones. Yep. So you haven't there seen Force Awakens. Are you going to try to see it this weekend? Or do you care? Do you not care about no. seeing this in the theater? I, I really don't care about seeing it in the theater. I intend to see it, but it's another one of those things where I, it's the last week of the year. I don't even know what day it is. I mean, I, I'll get to it. By by January the thirty seventh of twenty sixteen, I will have seen the Force Awakens. I'm going to bet you have it. 
It would be good. I kind of want to see it with the kid, which means I'll probably see it on a weekend in January. Well, that'd be a good time to do it. And maybe if it's still in theaters, which I'm guessing it'll, it will be for at least, it'll be there at least three or four more weeks because it's doing so well. It broke all sorts of records. It made a billion dollars in 12 days worldwide, Matthew. That's the fastest movie to ever make a billion dollars. In 12 parsecs, I heard. In 12 parsecs. Uh, It made 544 million in the U.S. It broke the Christmas holiday record. Wow. It is setting its sights. I'm going to bet by the time you see it, Matthew, I will bet that will it will have made more money domestically than Avatar, which is currently sitting at the number one spot. Oh, yeah. I, I think there's no question that it's going to take oh, Avatar. I mean, it's still got to beat. Uh, I think uh, within the next couple of days, it will beat Jurassic World. Then it will take mm-hmm. on Ant- or, um, Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever. Uh, I forget which one is the next one in the list. But I think uh, it's the is two- it Age of Ultron next. No, I forget what it is. So the Star Wars is at number five. Jurassic World and I think Guardians of the Galaxy, um, or no, it is uh, Age of Ultron, are sitting right next to each other. And then after that, it's Titanic and Avatar that it has to beat. Titavatar. Titavatar, yes. So uh, how has everyone else voted in the major spoilers poll of the week, Matthew? Well, as we expected, it's about three to one for 76%. 76% saying yes, 24% saying no. Only 80 votes in, though. So that means that of those 80 people, 60 people have seen it. Mm-hmm. You can people, still come in. Some people have seen it Take twice, it. says Taylor. Once with friends, then again yep. on Christmas with my dad. Zach saw it twice. Uh, mm-hmm. Burning Dragon says, not yet. I want to. Uh, Pumpkin Milk says, I was happy. I enjoyed it as much as, as I did. Planning on seeing it more than once before it's out of the theaters. Mark says, just had my second viewing this past weekend. Malone says, uh... Uh, twice. AED says, don't plan on it. Plans on not seeing the movie. Mm-hmm. And, and Zaxelbrax is also says, I'm not interested in it. I wonder if that's my what? son posing as Zaxelbrax. He also has <laughs> no interest in seeing star Wars, the force awakens. There's nothing wrong with not seeing there, star there Wars. There isn't, the but it's awakens. really odd because you know, he was into uh, star Wars, clone wars and into rebels, but I've never mm-hmm. been able to get him to sit down and watch a new hope. And when it came to this movie, he likes BB-8. In fact, the youngest likes BB-8 and likes all these Star Wars characters. But I'm like, you guys want to go see this in the movie? My son's like, nope, I'm okay. I don't really not that interested in it. I'm okay just sitting at home and watching soccer or playing soccer or going outside and kicking the soccer ball or talking about soccer or talking about my favorite people who are soccer players. So So you have a son who's into sports. Which is nothing wrong with that, no. No, he's into, not. He's into just, the number one sport in the world. You won't have to talk to him about. Hey, look, <laughs> Star Wars may be the number one movie in the world, but at least he's interested in the number one sport in the world. True. Widget saw uh, The Force, not The Force. Uh, she saw Star Wars. Uh-huh. And we saw the beginning of Empire Strikes Back, and she was like, I don't want to watch this. Interesting. That is so interesting. I, she gets weird, though. She's in a weird sort of counterintuitive uh if you ask me whether i want to watch it i'll say no out mm-hmm. of reflex yeah, mode. yeah yeah or as i call it she's starting to be a teenager yeah well i don't like your old is already a teenager I'd, i don't <laughs> like it <laughs> i don't know if i talked about this on the show he pulled such a zach hipster move the other day oh, we were coming no. home we were coming home from school and i was like uh do you have some reading to do tonight and he's like yeah i do and i said so what book do you want to read tonight and he rattled this off and I didn't quite hear it, but I did hear him clearly and distinctly say, you've probably never heard of it. 
That's funny. And I said, son, I cannot wait till we get home so I can put some tweaked audio earbuds in my ear so I don't have to listen to you be a little turd anymore. <laughs> and I thank tweaked audio for their support of the major spoilers podcast listeners. If you're tired of little hipsters telling you that, uh, that they've, they found out about tweaked audio earbuds before you did tell them, uh, uh-uh. uh, I listened to the major spoilers podcast and I went over to tweakedaudio.com, made my purchase and used the checkout code major and save 33% off the price. And Hey, I don't even have to have a mustache in order to buy me some tweaked audio earbuds. <laughs> no, but you have to draw one on your finger. Yes. And you have to have some flannel. Um, but tweakedaudio.com, we thank them for their support and we love hipsters everywhere. Uh, and uh, check well, these guys out. Use the checkout code major. Thank you, tweaked audio, for your support. Bird. I just, I, it cracked me up the minute he said, yeah, you probably never heard of it. I was like, what? Uh, that's funny. Yeah, Widget learned not to try that on Dad. <laughs> it was just it just came out like it's not like I don't me. I don't think he was trying to be ironic. I think he really legitimately meant to say it without really thinking yeah. about what it meant. So she tried it on me, and it, granted, it was a Japanese comic, but it was about a comic book. And she's like, "Dad, you've probably never heard of it." And I'm like, "Oh, oh, child, <laughs> oh, step back." Daddy's well, going to go full on nerd for a minute. After I talked to him about how that's not an appropriate thing to say, he was like, so have you heard of it? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> he was right. Yeah, he was right. But come on, Matthew, this is the last week of 2015. And uh, that means that uh, we are either late to the party or we are actually right on time. And I say we're right, right on time because all these other people have pulled out last starting last week, pulling out their best of list for 2015 and the 2015 isn't even over yet. I mean, there are some great things that came out on Christmas Day. There are some great mm-hmm. things that came out this week in comics. So for people to jump. Well, on I've it, always said I'm never going to die at the end of the year because I won't make it into the year end review. And <laughs> since next year comes around, they'll be like, oh, well, leave oh, him well, out. He died, yeah, he died last year. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. Uh, We wanted to talk this week about our top five comics of 2015. And as I said earlier in the show, these can either be a series or it can be a single issue. And we're doing this top five style. So uh, I originally thought that I originally thought we because on Zach on film, we're doing our top five movies of 2015. We're doing our top five comics of 2015 here on this episode. I actually thought we didn't have a top five coming out this week. Turns out we do have a top five coming out this week. I'm going to let you know. I'm going to let you know what that's about when it comes out. Uh, I think it comes out on the th- on the 31st, so be on the lookout for that on the Major Spoilers mm-hmm. Podcast Network and over at Majorspoilers.com. It's going to be Hooray. a lot of fun. So, Matthew, why don't you start us out with your number five of 2015? My number five of mm-hmm. 2000 is actually a story arc rather than a single issue or a series. But it's a story arc of a book that I've loved since it came out. You probably never heard of it. Oh, I've heard of it. I believe, I believe the book started in 2013. Mm-hmm. But, of course, because of the Marvel reboot, there have been like three number ones in the space of three years. The arc in question is called Crushed. Mm. Uh, Ms. Marvel, number 13, 14, and 15. And Ms. Marvel, if you haven't read it, is the story of a teenage girl who wakes up one morning and is exposed to Terrigen Mists and given incredible powers and becomes the new Ms. Marvel. And her hero has always been Ms. Marvel. This arc is wonderful because it's not really... It is and it isn't a superhero story. What it really is is Kamala Khan getting her heart broken at the age of 16 or 17 for the first time. She finds out that she meets this cute inhuman 
And, you know, she's totally into him and she's totally crushing. And it turns out that he's actually an evil villain and has to be beaten down. And, of course, during the arc, she ends up meeting uh, Ms. or Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel the former yeah. Ms. Marvel, for the first time and meeting her, you know, her lifelong uh, hero and also, you know, getting to beat up the guy who broke her heart, which I think as terrible as it sounds, many of us might have wanted to do in mm-hmm. high school. Mm-hmm. But Ms. Marvel is written by uh, Willow Wilson, G. Willow Wilson. This uh, arc, I believe, was drawn by Adrian Alfona. But man, it's such a rich book. It's such a good character study. And putting this character who is really on point, she's a solid superhero, even at the age of whatever she is, 16. But having her get her heart broken like a teenager and actually acting like a teenager and also being this really effective superhero, it made for a great story. It made for a great arc. And, you know, her boyfriend crush person was so charming that you're like, oh, look, he's so cute. Oh, no, he sucks. Boyfriend it was- crush person. You really? Have been chos- well, you have been chosen. I will crush boyfriend later. <laughs> uh, my number five, I know this may seem a little bit controversial, but it's The Dark Knight 3, The Master Race number one by Frank Miller, Brian Azzarello, and all those other people that are contributing to this thing. And I know that a lot of people were not overly pleased with the title of the master race. I know a lot of people weren't pleased that we're seeing yet another uh, Dark Knight Returns storyline, Batman of the Future kind of thing, because, man, didn't he die already once before or twice before? And certainly after uh, DK2, that awful mess, people were very concerned about what was going to happen. Now, granted, this is Brian Azzarello writing based on a Frank Miller story, but you can tell that the hatred for Superman still exists. And what we find out is the master race isn't about a bunch of, well, I mean, it technically could be a bunch of white people, but it's not about what we think it's about. And we find that out in the first issue. In fact, we find out, and I haven't had a chance to read issue two yet, which has also come out, but that's why I'm only putting the number one issue out. We find out Mm. that Batman is back and it's not the Batman you think it is. And to me, (gasps) that that shocking ending of the first issue was like, you know what? That (laughs) wipes away DK2. And is as strong a reveal as Batman jumping in front of lightning bolts in the Dark Knight Returns. And so that is why the Dark Knight 3, the Master Race number one, is my number Mm -hmm. five for 2015. What do you got for number four? My number four is, again, a book that is continued from a run. But this year's arc of it was just amazing. And it's another book... From Marvel, but that's not to say that, you know, I I like Marvel the best. It's just that sometimes you get some really good stuff going on. And one of the really good stuffs was Mark Wade and Chris Samney's closing arc of Daredevil. Mm -hmm. Because they've been really toying with a lot of uh, the Matt Murdock stuff. And I really like the fact that they've taken into account some of the stranger parts of uh, Matt Murdock's life and the fact that. Every woman he's ever dated is either crazy or dead or both. Yes. Or crazy. That's somewhat. Yeah. And I think that the really, probably the best part about it for me was they finally dealt with the whole secret identity thing. Matt Murdock came out and said, yep, I'm daredevil. And for several issues, he had the best costume in comics history. It is a three piece red and black suit. With black accents, daredevil gloves and boots, a daredevil belt buckle, mm-hmm. and no mask. He's basically Matt Murdock, and he would wear this suit 
into the courtroom and then go out and beat people up because everybody knows Matt Murdock is Daredevil. It's an incredible look. It's an incredible moment. And it really played into the end of that run. I don't want to spoiler it because there's some great stuff in there. But it uses some old school 70s Marvel characters. It uses Daredevil's history. And it plays into the best of Daredevil without being yet another ninjas. Ninjas come in and then Daredevil fights the ninjas and the kingpin. So, it, I mean, it really shook things up in a way that I haven't seen since probably before Bendis on Daredevil. So at mm. least the last 10 or 12 years. Mm-hmm. Really, really good stuff. Really likable. Cool. Well, you know what? Daredevil is also my number four. But as we heard what? earlier in the episode, when a comic yeah. book set makes me say, oh, crap, son, it's got to be good. <laughs> and Daredevil by Charles Soleil and Ron Garney uh, hit my number four. Because, I, again, I really enjoyed Mark Wade's run and, and uh, Chris Samney's run on Daredevil when it started, what, in 2011 or whatever it was. And Something I remember like that, saying, yeah. this is fresh, this is new, this feels great. And you're right, it is all great. Everything that Mark Wade touches is gold as far as I'm concerned. But this feels like a, this feels like a different Daredevil. This feels like a Daredevil that is observing things and trying to change things for the good and I can't wait till it all falls down on his face. So for me, <laughs> Daredevil by Charles Soleil and Ron Garney is my number four comic of 2015. Both issues I think are fantastic. The art is fantastic. And I say, pick yeah. up. but that's not, and I don't want to say that uh, the Mark and, and Sammy runs were bad because they were aw- awesome. Yeah. I like uh, Charles Soleil's cousin, Cirque de. Yeah. Cirque de Soleil. She, yes. He does some really great stuff. Um, my number three is interesting because my number three, when you say, oh, well, it's X volume, a lot of times I will say, when I talk about, say, The Flash, there's Flash 1959, mm-hmm. Flash 1987, Flash 2006, Flash 2013, and then there's the new 52. You can't do that with this because two volumes of this book came out, two number ones in the space of the same year. And that character, my friends, is the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Yeah, she's great. I was I was stunned to find out that Squirrel Girl does not always rhyme, depending on where you're from. Hello, English future people. Uh, but Squirrel Girl, written by uh, Ryan North, drawn by Erica Henderson, just so wonderful, so joyful. They did an issue with Galactus. And the whole gimmick of Squirrel Girl is that she always wins. She never loses to these villains. And I'm like, how are they going to do this with Galactus? And what it turns into is Squirrel Girl trying to find Galactus something to eat. But this, the aside bits of the jokes are hysterical. At one point, uh, Tippy Toe the Squirrel and Squirrel Girl are trying to figure out if it's true that every race sees Galactus as their own race. So they throw the squirrel way up in the air, and the squirrel looks down and sees Galactus as a giant Galactus squirrel. That's funny. And then jumps back down, and Squirrel Girl's like, well, he's like, eh, it just looks like a guy to me. Just <laughs> incredibly funny stuff. Really fun, really kind of almost silly art. Not like Bigfoot cartoony, but very fun, very uh, kinetic, joyous art. The only way I can describe this book is that it's it's joyful, it's fun, and it's a little bit silly, but you still invest in it. It's not like something you throw off at the end of the issue. I think that's the hardest part. Yeah, cool. Uh, my number three is another one that people really took a liking to right away, and I did too, and it's one that I look forward to every week. It or every month. Bad Girl by Brendan Fletcher, Cameron Stewart, and Babs Tarr. 
there's something about the way that she's drawn. There's something about taking her out of the grim and gritty Gotham and putting her over in uh, the suburbs that I really mm-hmm. like. And I, I Burnside. Don't know, Burnside. Uh, there's something about this book that I, it's hard to put a finger on because they're always trying to do something different and they're trying to mix up Black Canary a little bit differently, which I like. Um, it's just a good series. You know, I wish I, I would have almost in my old friends was Gotham Academy because mm-hmm. of the books that I will for sure buy in print, regardless of, you know, what's going on. Flash is in that list. Batgirl mm-hmm. is always in that list. Gotham Academy is always in that list. Um, as are my next two. It's because I want to have these in print because I like these stories so much. So I'm ending up buying them twice. Most of the time I'll buy them in print and also in digital form. Uh, but Batgirl by Brendan Fletcher, Cameron Stewart, and Babstar, definitely worth checking out. One of my favorite series of 2015. Wow. That's a good book. It is a good book. It really I is. I really like how young she feels. I and do, too. That was, that was the hardest part to get used to, was how young she felt. Speaking of feeling young, my number two is a book that makes me feel young. It harkens back to the earliest days of comics, which for me would have been 1984, 85, Right at the cusp of the crisis on Infinite Earths, right at the edge of the Secret Wars, when everything was new and different and so powerful that they'd never seen anything like it. This is a series that started in 2014, so at least two issues are not eligible. Right. But I I don't care. I break the rules. My number two is Multiversity by Grant Morrison and Ivan Rice and Frank Quietly and Doug Bunky and Rian Hughes and Ben Oliver and Jim Lee and Chris Browse and Carl Story and Ben Wong and Cameron Stewart and Paula Sakara and Keith Champagne and Marcus Stowe and Christian Alamy and several other people because it was several interlocking issues. But really what it felt like more than anything for me was a fresh take on the crisis on infinite earths. And right. we've seen mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of crises. Mm-hmm. There's the infinite crises. There's the final crises. There's, there's Matthew's the, midlife uh, crises. Exactly. There's the, the crisis crises. There's uh someone, <laughs> the Pisces crises, the Pisces where crises. All the, I remember that. All of the fish disappeared. Yeah. But this book is fascinating to me for two reasons. One, it takes incredibly obscure moments of, of DC universe history, which don't get me wrong. That's my bed and butter. That's my Balowick. It takes the shooting star from Batman 256 and Sunshine Superman from that one issue of Animal Man. And don't forget the uh, uh, young baby uh, kid superheroes. Yeah, the kid superheroes. Superman from Earth 23, uh, who looks a little bit like Barack Obama. All of these characters and ties them together. And it creates a map of the multiverse Mm -hmm. that is a meat map it creates versions of the image universe and astro city marvel and ultimate marvel both yep. coexist in the dc multiverse yep. it takes all of these things and it puts them together and it maps them out and it says now guys here's a map go and write fun crazy stories and dc said uh no but that, that is the thing that is so frustrating about that series and we talked about it what on was it last week on major spoilers on dueling reviews i forget which one but it's like this was Review. such a great book, and Grant Morrison did it right by putting right on the cover what Earths were involved. You had this whole <laughs> – you actually had a book that told you what was going on in each of the 52 universes. Right, and also was part of the plot. Yes, that that issue and we had was part of the plot, and then it's it, just been totally dumped on. Takes, 
there are five unrelated characters in the DC universe called Ultra or Ultraman. It mm-hmm. takes all of them, puts them together, weaves them a backstory, creates a new Ultra, makes this huge tapestry of Ultra that no one else is ever going to use. Right. And because it fell right at the end of Convergence and the Flashpoint and the Fram and the Stat. And But if you sit down and I actually, this is the thing, I bought it collected in order. Ooh, cool. Yes, and it is such a good read. Yeah. And it has it has Grant Morrison moments. So, you know, you are going to see Adolf Hitler reading action comics on the toilet. You are going to see Captain Carrot winning the day with cartoon physics. You are going to see these weird moments where on one earth Superman is actually Etrigan the demon. Mhm. And it's so perfect and it works so well. And you need to go read it, kids, because it's just that good. It feels like the crisis. And when you can take someone who's read as many comics as I have and make him feel like a 12-year-old kid going, I don't understand anything about this universe, but I want to read all of it again, that's some good comics. That's, that's hard to do. Well, it's interesting that you put it as your number two because that's exactly what DC did. It put a number two all over that, and it's a shame <laughs> because it was good. And it deserves it more than, and it deserves more than what it is. At least hopefully yeah. maybe, maybe we'll get an absolute edition. If it comes out as an absolute edition, I will buy that. I think they just, the, the version that I had is the collected everything. I don't know if it was hardcover it a, or softcover. And is it oversized, uh, hardcover? I bought it digital. Oh, okay. I bought digital. No, so the absolute multiversity would be a giant book, book size, yeah. um, version of that. I don't see it anywhere listed yet. They do have a deluxe edition, which is a must read, but, uh, definitely if we can get a, uh, absolute edition, I will be plunking down my 200 bucks to read that. And plunking the magic twanger. I will plunk the magic twanger as long as, uh, snake, uh, Sylvana eats another little baby, uh, <laughs> kid. Baby Batman gets eaten by snake Savannah. Yes. <laughs> My number two is actually not a capes and tights book. And I've said this before that uh, over the last couple of years, my tastes have kind of moved away from capes and tights, even though I still love them and respect them. Obviously, Batgirl, Daredevil and the Dark Knight are on my list, but I really like detective stories. I like noir stories the most. And Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips out this year, the fade out, have been telling a fantastic story about the 1950s Hollywood And I can't reveal too much about it, except that sex, drugs, rock and roll, minus the rock and roll and throw in movies and uh, two people trying to figure out a mystery of who who done it without getting themselves killed. And I think the last issue came out. I think it comes out this week or last week. I have to look and see when the last issue of the fade out comes out. But the final issue comes out very soon, and I cannot wait to read it. And it's a fantastic series. You should read it from the beginning, especially the back matter where they talk about. Um, kind of like Hollywood Babylon, Matthew, you know, you know, that book from the 1980s or whenever that book uh, came out, that, yeah. they have a lot of those kind of stories in the back, um, which not talking about the gross, disgusting parts of uh, people getting murdered or anything like that, but just talking about these tragic stories of starlets and what happened to them, um, is worth reading just by itself. So, um, the fade out by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, one of my, my second favorite book of 2015 and one that I instantly grab as soon as I see it. The number two, the number two, number two. That means it's time for my number one. It's time for the number ones. Number one. My number one 
He's not a Capes and Tights book because whatever you said, I don't know. This is the thing. I love comics. I love superheroes. I am a superhero junkie. I'm a nut for superheroes. But when I was a kid, if it was like a Hector Heathcote or a, a Tom and Jerry yeah. or, you know, a, a Donald Duck comic, I would be like, Garfield. Oh, comic. I'm going to totally read it. Yeah. Yeah. Garfield was not around when we were kids. Oh, he totally but, was. No, he totally wasn't. It was in those collected anyway, books. My number one is a book from Image Comics. It is not a superhero story, but it is a very tough book to read. It is a difficult story to wrap your head around. It's a story of fame and death and adulation and social media. And in the year 2015, it's been around for a while, but they really hit a stride. They put out the single best issue of their run. I think it's 14. Um, but it's an issue all about social media and how they hate you until mm -hmm. they love you. Mm -hmm. um, I'm talking about The Wicked and the Divine, or The Wicked plus the Divine, depending on how one pronounces it, from image Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. The last arc has actually had all guest artists. Mm. And it's a big risk when you do a book that's, Based on McKelvey's style, McKelvey has a really just a gorgeous, buttery art style. Buttery is a real word, by the way, for describing art. Smooth and clean and wonderful. And the artists who came in, each one of them gave us something unique and different and totally strange and out there. And it still worked perfectly within this universe that they're building. It's a story basically of 12 people who are given powers and called gods. And they live for two years and then they die. Unless they start killing each other first. And that's all I'm going to tell you about it. Beautiful book, well-written, and this last arc and the last few issues, just amazing. Just mind-bending stuff. It's a must-read, even when I haven't read anything else in any given week. It's a must-read that I pick up the new Wikdiv, we call it. Cool kids call it Wikdiv. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, uh, the Wikdiv. I, I looked up uh, the Fade Out number 12. Final issue comes out next week, January 6th. So almost hit, go. almost hit by the end of the year, but definitely worth picking nice. up. Uh, so we're up to what? My number one? Your number one. So growing up as a kid, you go to the checkout counter at the, your grocery store and they're always there in the, in, in the stacks. There's little, little digest size books and you read them and sometimes <laughs> you laugh and sometimes you know the, the, the song Sugar Sugar and maybe you watch the cartoons as a ba, kid. Ba, 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 ba. But when you hear that Mark Wade and Fiona Staples are going to relaunch Archie and give you Riverdale in an all new light. Man, you better sit up and listen and pay attention to this book because Archie from Archie Comics by Mark Wade and Fiona Staples was the best book, in my opinion, of 2015. Yes, it's a little schmaltzy. Yes, it's a little CW teenage drama, but that's what Riverdale is. It's teenagers and their drama told in very humorous ways. What happened between Betty and Archie? What's the lipstick incident? Why, what's going on with this Veronica Lodge lady and, and why is Archie suddenly smitten with her? And what is he willing to do? And what is Jughead really doing behind the scenes? Is he, uh, is he a master of the universe manipulating everything? What's going on? <laughs> this, I from issue one, I mean, every time I read a Mark Wade book, this is why I said that everything Mark Wade touches turns to gold. Every time I, I read something new from Mark Wade where he's just in an issue one, it's like a breath of fresh air. It's like wintertime and it's your house has been all closed and cooped up. And it's, yeah, it's just, you know, not the house you want to live in. And then suddenly spring comes and you open the doors and you open the windows and suddenly all this beautiful fresh air comes in and you just like 
breathe deep and you're just sucking it all in and going, ah, this is what life is all about. Reading Archie from Mark Wayne and Fiona Staples feels just <laughs> like that. That big breath of fresh air that you're just like, yes, this is what I want from my Archie comics. And, you know, credit to Archie comics over the last couple of years, three years, four years, well, maybe even 10 years, who knows, with uh, they've been doing a lot of things that kind of break their Archie mold. And I know they're still trying to stay within that look and feel that people understand about Archie. But when you introduce Kevin Keller, when you introduce uh, when you introduce um, a diversity into your comic, when you kill them all and turn them into zombies, mm-hmm. when you have Mark Wade and Fiona Staples take on your title book, it is something different. And it is something that's been really good. And Archie is, Comics has been doing a great job of trying to break that mold over the last couple of years. And I hope they continue. I hope Archie by Mark Wade and Fiona Staples and whoever the artist is that they have coming up. I know Annie Wu is doing a couple of issues right now before Fiona Uh comes back, but it is fantastic. And I um, just go read the first issue, go find the first issue and read it. You'll be blown away. I was blown away. It is the best comic of 2015 in my opinion. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen, I wish we had Rodrigo here. I wish we had Ashley here. Rodrigo is on vacation hibernating. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in the uh, great uh, White North. Ashley, uh, I was messaging her last night to see if she was going to be back. They're stuck because of all the storms that are blowing through. They were stuck in an airport uh, for mm-hmm. for the day or whatever. And so she's not back this week. We miss them both, and we thank them both for being part of Major Spoilers in 2015. Thank you, Matthew, for being part of Major Spoilers podcast in 2015. And Zach yeah, and whoever know. else. I think Zach was uh, on the show this year, so... Uh, thank him as well, and everybody who's been part of the Major Spoilers podcast, including you, listener. Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode and all of the shows that we do. If you want to find out all of the things that Major Spoilers did this year, I'm kind of putting together a really quick email that kind of highlights some of the things that we've done this year or some of the big achievements we've done this year, and it's all positive. Believe me. Uh, there's only one thing that was a negative. I was hoping that we would have released 48 episodes of the Munchkin Land mm-hmm. podcast. We only released 46 episodes of the Munchkin Land podcast this year. Oh, But um, I've got a stats email going out to everyone who's a Major Spoilers email subscriber. So if you want to find out all of that, head over to Majorspoilers.com. Sign up for the um, um, email. And as an added bonus, you will get a Star Wars bonus track for free where a bunch of us sit around and we watch Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope and we provide commentary as it's playing and you can watch and play along, uh, just sign up for it. It's there on the major spoilers website. Um, but it's been a good year for 2015, I think for major spoilers. And I want to thank everyone who's been a part of it, especially our major spoilers, VIPs and our listeners and everybody, just everybody. I love you all. Have a great time. That's going to wrap it up for this issue. Matthew word. Thanks for being a part of everything. See, that we do. See you in 2016. Yeah, we will be back in 2016 because We know that you love comics, and we do too, and we will talk with you soon. Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. What do you think about 
right away If I was hulking green or gray I could just bust through that brick wall Take their comic books away But then the little meat would deal With all the tanks and bombs and guns Have you ever tried to read a series With all that going on Guess I need to rethink this plan How would I back and board my comics With such a chance Guess I already told ya What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah what a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm star raving rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine Being in the Middle East With a King Santo and soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler This podcast is copyright 2015 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. Major Spoilers theme song! The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Pod on, on the air. The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod, pod, podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, 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 podcast,